All right, you want to try it? Yeah. All right, vocal warm-up time. Let's do it. All right. Red leather face, yellow leather face. Red leather face, yellow leather face. Red leather face, yellow leather face. All right. We got this, man. You nailed it. Easy. I'm so proud of you. Because leather face is the best now. <laughs> you know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <clears throat> no, nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And I made him watch a horror movie. He did. What did we watch this week, Zach? We watched Friday the 13th. Tell me, Zach, what was your familiarity with one of the all-time classic horror franchises before we watched this? Uh, the big mean hockey man gonna get you. <laughs> and, and he goes, Common misconception. It's kick, 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 ma, 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 as in kill her, mommy, kill her. That's a stretch. No, literally, the Henry Maffredini, the guy who does the score, he talks about it. He says, I just leaned into a microphone and went, kick, ma, kick, ma, and it went, and he put a like an echo over it. I, I don't doubt that, but I mean, like, <laughs> that meaning that, I'm like, yeah, who, that's, that, that's like, that was the point. That's, that's what they did. <laughs> that's what they did. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so yeah, we watched this movie. Man, hockey man going <laughs> at them. That's all I knew. That's I'm all sorry. Knew. He does what? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and you're gonna be real disappointed if we watch any more of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that's it. That's all I know. All right. Yeah. Before we went into this. So we jumped into this one. It's one of the the seminal slasher films. What did you think? <laughs> For about 80% of the movie, it was the type of movie that I expected. But then the last 20%, <laughs> I was like, <gasps> wait, what? <laughs> what? Okay. I'm on board. I like right. this. So spoilers for like a 40 year old movie. What did you think of the big killer reveal, man? <laughs> Well, I was, as we watched it the whole time, I was commenting to you, "Oh no, the big, the big hockey man getting him." <laughs> it was so hard not to say anything, <laughs> and like I just remember me and Megan, your wife, were like asking you about it, like, "Oh, so like, what do you know?" And you saying like, "Oh, Jason's in it, right?" <laughs> and us just like mask. looking into each other, just making eye contact, like, "Oh, don't tell him, <laughs> don't tell him." <laughs> yeah, because like literally the whole time i'm like i mean he's like the iconic thing so like of course he's gonna be in it but then like it's his mom like yeah. I, I knew his mom was a thing but i didn't know like that you were vaguely aware that somehow she was tied to like his motivation or something yeah like i i knew in one of the sequels or something one of the survivors pretends to be his mom yeah and that that's and, the like, next tricks one him for a second like that's all i knew right but, so did this like blow your mind? Yeah, because like do, I was, all, do all of the weird shots of people looking menacing for no reason make sense now? Yeah, because <laughs> like when she first came up and she said, um, it's his forehees. I was like, oh, but then I was expecting like her to be like, oh, yeah. And here's Jason. He's going to kill you now. Sort of right. thing. Like I, I was expecting her to like 
being it with Jason, not her being the killer the whole time. Or or she's it's gonna be like the the Sawyers and Texas Chainsaw where like, oh she's kinda in on it. Like mm. I yeah. can see that read too, but no, it's just her. Yeah. Now but now I'm like, especially because I haven't seen the sequels, I wonder the whole Jason being a thing ruins this movie or not like that big of a twist because I haven't seen him so I don't know but like that's I, a worry it raises a lot of questions yeah but it it is a film franchise that I should say it's not none of these none of the Friday the 13th movies are my favorite slasher mm-hmm. movies and Jason is not my favorite slasher but it's probably like my favorite franchise because mm. I think they're all immensely enjoyable <laughs> Like no matter how bad it gets, it's never boring. <laughs> like, yeah, I I did like it, but this is on on the list of all the slashers we've seen so far. This is at the bottom. It, it's it's pretty much the, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's pretty much the order that we watch them in: Halloween, Texas yeah. Chainsaw, and then now this. Like it's true. List. I mean, but yeah, I I think. They're all really enjoyable, and that's all you need to know. Like mm-hmm. they kind of have some continuity stuff, but not really. It's like it it, it is the slasher equivalent of the X Men movies, where it's like I don't know, does it matter? <laughs> Wolverine's there, he's got claws. Jason has a machete. I'm into it. Cool. How is he in all these movies? Doesn't matter. Yeah, he's just there. Yeah, he's he's just Jason. Don't question it. Because uh, I I will tell you one spoiler for two if we ever watch it. Uh. They never address how Jason's alive. It never comes up in any of the movies. <laughs> See, that's my worry because, like, I'm so like hesitant to say which one of these. I'm like, oh yeah, that's my favorite because I don't want that one to get ruined by the sequels or something like that. I mean, it's it's like I said when we were talking about the thing and like the prequel and the ideas of like remakes and sequels yeah. and prequels and like how so many people are like, oh, we don't need it. You're gonna ruin a perfect movie. If the movie's good, you're not going to ruin it. It's yeah. fine. Like this movie is like kind of even within its own franchise, very middle of the road for mm. me. Yeah. So like you're fine. <laughs> well, for me, just go with it. It's just like right now what I'm feeling of the like, oh, my God, his mom was the clear that right. whole time is so cool. And like, I don't want that to get demeaned by like, oh, no, Jason's back and he's going to kill you all. They do it. A- a lot of interesting things with like his characterization and oh, stuff okay. to me at least i mean yeah. you might watch them and be like this is hot garbage man because <laughs> like, they they are it there mm-hmm. are 12 friday the 13th movies counting freddy versus jason wait so they're the one next, away they're, they're if one they can away. do it uh jason bloom of bloom house is trying to uh figure out the rights so he can make it that that'd be cool and he makes good movies so that's cool. well <laughs> We should get into the plot yes. of this movie. Yes. Um, so we, we open with, uh, right off the bat, we just open with a murder. What murder? It's the flashback to, oh, or yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a flashback. Yeah. It opens in the 50s. That's right. That's right. And it's the the two counselors sneak up. It's actually kind of sweet because she's like, there's nobody else. Nobody for me but you, baby. <laughs> like, but but he's also like a shitty teenager, so he's probably well, just yeah. like. He believes it in the moment. <laughs> does he i just meant like so much of like the talk around this movie because of where slashers go and where this franchise goes is like oh no everybody's just like a shitty sex maniac that gets killed (laughs) and like this movie isn't 
Oh yeah. Like right off the bat, it's like two people who are clearly like in a relationship, mm. like just kind of sneak away to have some fun. Like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's no Kevin Bacon. No. Who is though? <laughs> yeah, and then they get like murdered. <laughs> yeah. And it it opened the same way like Halloween opened with Yeah. POV shots. <laughs> More on that in the making of. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> And then we jump to uh, 19, I think technically the movie comes out in 1980, but I think they say it's set in 79 because that's when they filmed it. Mm. Yeah, that's one thing that I was wondering if uh, the movie was in the 70s or 80s because it was is like in that in between it's it's that weird zone where like the hair's starting to get bigger but everybody still got real high-waisted jeans (laughs) and booty shorts yes so many booty shorts only the men though yeah as it should be (laughs) i'm wearing some right now (laughs) so we flash forward and we meet the girl hitchhiking she talks to the goodest boy in the movie in a moment uh when the girl hitchhiking stops and just like talks to the dog oh the dog accurate she's a good person that's how we know (laughs) <laughs> literally when she was this walking like a moment i don't think anybody notices but us probably but we were oh a dog <laughs> literally the second i saw a dog in the shot i was like she better pet that dog uh, hell yeah this isn't the thing zach she's not a monster <laughs> i don't care if it's a thing you pet the dog <laughs> oh no i mean this movie isn't the thing <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah well any dog any movie it's true had it she's so nice to him it's lovely mm-hmm. she do <laughs> you she she wanders into the cafe where she finds a ride because it's still technically the 70s and hitchhiking uh, that, so. the whole time whenever people do that in movies i'm just like man yeah <laughs> that's so weird <laughs> i mean it worked out a bunch i guess back in the day like it just was a thing you did or did you just like not hear about the times it didn't work out work out well i mean that's the other thing yeah because <laughs> especially in like horror movies texas chainsaw Massacre, when they pick up the hitchhiker and then this one or she is the hitchhiker <laughs> it doesn't end well for anybody yeah, i think my dad was once telling me like oh yeah i used to pick up hitchhikers on like long trips for work because you didn't get murdered like <laughs> i think the only movie i've ever seen where it's worked out is uh into the wild i think that's what it's called oh yeah i like that movie yeah the book is really good too but i have not read the book it, it's sad I was, i've heard the book paints a, a, a much different portrait of a, a very sad young man who's just alone <laughs> yeah uh it's sad but anyways that's it the only hitchhiking for her at first <laughs> i mean in this movie i mean th- that's another thing with watching all these like 70s movies. It's like uh, all these the world old, is so different. All these old dudes like talking to yeah young girls like that is yeah. like Ooh, I don't You're like just it. automatically nervous because in any movie now they're the bad guy. Yeah, or, as it probably would be in real life. Yeah. But uh, they run into on their way out my favorite character in the whole franchise, Crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph, you never come back again. <laughs> It's got a death curse. Wait. What is his accent? Wait, does he come back in sequels? Maybe. (laughs) I can't wait to start watching sequels to these movies. I love that he's just the town drunk who goes around telling people, I've been sent by God. It's got a death curse. Wait. Is he the Loomis of Friday the 13th? Sadly, no. (laughs) 
What, just a crazy guy running around yelling at people? <laughs> How is that not no, the Loomis? Loomis serves a purpose. He's a Michael Hunter. That's his profession. <laughs> well, Crazy Ralph is a Freddie Warner, or not Freddie, Jason <laughs> yes. Warner. That's fair. He, he warns is. them he's, about Jason. He's what they call in horror movies the Harbinger. Yeah. We saw a taste of that in Texas Chainsaw. So, But uh, he also turned out to be the killer with the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know <laughs> we'll just keep it vague you, you, have, you, you have to, to go episode. back and listen to the last episode now if you haven't yeah so. you can't just skip to your favorite movie you monster you have to listen to all of these sequential there's a, order there's a continuity it's it, important there's an arc to our stories here <laughs> i'm going to learn to love the, this whole genre of film what if this podcast just slowly does like descends into like a plot driven like drama <laughs> halfway through <laughs> what if we turn into a true crime yeah. podcast that's about ourselves <laughs> it's just an audio drama oh my god it's so meta <laughs> and you've been listening to matt make zach watch horror movies <laughs> and more dun dun <laughs> But back to the movie. Oh, yeah. We watched the movie. <laughs> we did, in theory. <laughs> so, so then they she... get on the road, and she's like, what was he talking about? And her ride just tells her, like, oh, well, you know, they call it Camp Blood because bad things just happen there. Every time they try to reopen, a kid drowned, two people got murdered, and every time they've tried to reopen, different horrible stuff happens. Like, I think he says, like, you know, one time a bunch of the buildings got wrecked, and then another time someone set the whole camp on fire. So this property's just sat around for like a decade. But yeah, and then we see another car. Oh yeah, so she gets car. dropped off as far as this guy's going, mm-hmm. and then she's walking and gets picked up by someone else. After she gets oh, dropped off, it oh, cuts to right. the car. When, she, when she's walking by herself, then we cut to another car on a different yeah. road with the one, the only American treasure, Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> Which I was like, what? <laughs> I did not know this. Yeah, it's like, this is his second movie ever. Which he was wild. Yeah. He's so young in this movie. Mm-hmm. But like, even in this, like, he's still good. He's just a baby bacon. Yeah. And not only, <laughs> uh, not only that, but right after <laughs> we see the glorious man with a uh, red scarf around his the neck. The gentleman who owns the camp. <laughs> Glasses like Bob. It's a fucking smoke show right there, man. <laughs> Nothing but short shorts. <laughs> Come on, he looks good chopping that wood. Chopping wood. It's <laughs> like, I hope this guy isn't like a creep or anything because he's killing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's actually a pretty good dude. Yeah, I was a little... Actually, I think everybody in this movie pretty likable. Not um prankster. Yeah. That guy is like the douchebag in movies today. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think he kind of is here, but they're trying to keep it light. Yeah, cuz you know, he's a bad person. Yeah. Uh, make no qualms <laughs> about it. I'm not I sound like I'm like making excuses <laughs> like no, he's fine. What? You've never force kissed <laughs> anyone after pretending to drown. <laughs> but no, he sucks. <laughs> yeah. He also I mean, maybe worse, almost shoots her with an arrow. <laughs> that too. And then goes uh 
you know, you're beautiful when you're angry, oh, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you almost murdered her, sir. They did so many, like, voices in this, like, just talking to themselves or each other. I think a lot of that comes from, like, just kind of improvising. Mm. Like, oh, we need something here, so just go with it. And then they're also all um, theater people. Uh, yeah, this movie is uh, filmed in, in Jersey. And it's all people from like the New York theater scene. The uh, director, Sean Cunningham, like kind of came from that before he started making movies. So he just like put up posters at like the places he used to like direct plays and was like, come audition. Now that you say this, this movie makes so much Everything more sense. about it. Yeah, because they're all makes like, sense. good in it, but good in the way that you're like, oh, if this was on a stage and I was a little further away, it worked better. And they're total theater kids. Oh, like. yeah. <laughs> But that's also who would get hired to work at a summer camp in New Jersey. Yeah. Is out of work actors. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, it works. Like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, man, the second you said that, everything yeah. clicks with me now. <laughs> I mean, this is how I act in movies. So I'm a theater boy. <laughs> theater boy. <laughs> I'm like the worst superhero ever. Theater boy. <laughs> it is me, theater boy, and Usher Man. <laughs> Or would it be Theater Man and Usher Boy? Oh, yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> We're a podcast about scary movies. Yes. <laughs> Most importantly. <laughs> um, so from there, we just kind of hang out with them at the camp. Yeah. Like, they're kind of getting everything renovated. They say they're opening in two weeks. They're mostly... Again, pretty likable people they're like oh yeah we're helping inner city youth they're gonna come here to the camp like we're putting them up it's gonna be nice uh i believe they say his name is uh steve christie the guy the shorts gentleman i'll just refer to him as uh mustache shorts from here on out or uh, uh <laughs> trying to think of a variation of bob that he is because every single bob has those glasses. bobby shorts bobby shorts bobby shorts bobby shorts <laughs> you're bobby shorts so bobby shorts i know who i'm drawing in the draw <laughs> bobby shorts just him standing looking good <laughs> chopping wood no it's just him with like arms up holding the axe behind him stretching <laughs> oh hello mr voice oh hey <laughs> you got me here chopping some wood chopping some wood <laughs> but yeah they say like he sunk all his money into this camp because like his parents owned it and like sold it to him so he's got to get it up and running that's why he's kind of like on everybody but like still not a dick which is cool mm -hmm. looks like they get to take a lot of swimming breaks which is nice yeah, and just hanging out in the sun. Yeah. Before they, like you do. Yeah. Before they knew sunscreen was kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, we just get to know him. There's, you know, guy number one, guy number two, prankster. Yeah, I didn't know any of uh, their names by the end of it. I have seen this movie at least five times. I couldn't tell you anybody's name. Just Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. I don't even know his character's name. Nope. He's just Kevin Bacon. <laughs> He's just charming. Like <laughs> There they just start wandering the camp because uh, it starts to look like it's going to rain and it gets dark. So they say like, oh, well, we can't really do anything. We'll just hang out. One group goes off to play Strip Monopoly and Prankster goes off just to wander the camp. He thinks he sees something in one of the cabins. Didn't someone else he... die first? No, that's him. 
No, no, no. Um, Hitchhiker Girl. Oh, oh, we forgot about Hitchhiker yeah. Girl. Like this movie almost does. <laughs> it's not particularly well structured. Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to Hitchhiker Girl who gets picked up just before it gets dark. And she starts to think that perhaps the driver is a bit menacing. That's one thing that threw me off. I was like, does Jason know how to drive? <laughs> I was like, he's going to figure out it's not Jason. Right? No? All right. Well, the whole time I was just, I was just like, I mean. I mean, Michael can drive. Yeah, but Michael's like a not undead person. Cause like, as far up to this point, you don't know if Jason's undead or not. He's technically not undead in the sequel. Oh, I don't know. I just assumed that he's like a big lumbering undead guy. I know. <laughs> if he can jump in dreams and fight sequels. Freddy. <laughs> no. Freddy jumps in his dreams. <laughs> what, what does Jason dream of? Mostly drowning? It's a nightmare. Oh, Freddy jumps into his nightmare. They make Jason Street. weirdly sympathetic <laughs> in that movie. But yeah, so I was like, oh, Jason's driving. That's cool. I uh, didn't yeah. know that's a thing. <laughs> All right, I'll go with uh, it. But whatever. Um, well, that kind of like psyched me out too because I was like, is uh, Bobby Shorts going to be like a side killer or something? Right. Well, that's the the red herrings. Yeah. You know, you're kind of thinking like, oh, it could be Crazy Ralph, which we forgot to mention earlier. He breaks into the camp uh, to tell them all they're going to die. And he just sits in a pantry waiting for them to open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to Hitchhiker Girl. <laughs> She like kind of just tucks and rolls out of the car. Like they're kind of setting her up like she's going to be the final girl. Yeah. And then she very much is not. She's the first girl to die. They slit her throat in an effect that I, it still weirds me out because they like, you see her throat get slit and you can see the slit in her neck starting to turn red. And then she takes a breath. (laughs) And when she breathes out, that's when she like bleeds out. And it freaks me out every time. Yeah. Like it, it's it's a it's a solid like way to do something that you'll see a million times in every slasher. I I was uh, too distracted by the fact that I was like, is Jason driving? <laughs> Can Jason drive? You were still back I in was, the car with Jason. I like, was still thinking that. What the fuck? <laughs> that was my literal thought process. What the? You can drive? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Isn't it hard to see in that hockey mask? <laughs> yeah. Why would you trust someone in driving around in a hockey mask? That, that was the most confusing <laughs> thing about this whole movie. I was like... That was why I did decide to throw you off a little bit. Genuinely doesn't, but I did mention to Zach, he does not get the hockey mask until part three. Which I was like, is Matt just like lying to me? Is no, he trying to no, throw me he out? doesn't get it until three. Well, yes. I know that now. But, like the whole time I was like. I wouldn't lie to you, Zach. <laughs> I just won't tell you things. <laughs> Don't lie to me. You just won't tell me the truth. Exactly. Or you did, but half truth. I don't know. I, one of us speaks only lies and one of us speaks only truth. <laughs> it makes for a very confusing podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she dies and then it cuts back to all those goobers. Yes. And then the first one that died, a, uh, the prankster, prankster wanders boy. into uh, one of oh. the cabins because he thinks he sees somebody. But first he's like creeping on Kevin Bacon and his girl. I think he's. Is he creeping on them or is he just in the same area as them? I thought that the girl was the one he like, they all look the same. I don't know the difference. Between it's, it's a bunch of like where Halloween, like you can tell all of those characters apart visually yeah. and by like the way they behave. 
Yeah. You cannot do either with Friday the 13th. They're all sort of like cute brown-haired girls. Ke- Kevin and Bacon. And tall brown-haired guys. Yeah, Kevin Bacon and the final girl were the only two that I could tell yeah. apart. All the rest of oh, them looked the same. I do remember her name. The finest, The final girl's name is Alice. So I remember one name. <laughs> I didn't until you just told me right now. <laughs> yeah, prankster boy. Yeah, he wanders into a cabin and presumably gets murdered off screen. Yeah. A little lame. Yeah. Since he was the least likable character. Didn't get that satisfaction. But again, I don't think the movie thinks he's unlikable. Yeah, it, it was a different time. <laughs> yeah. Um, But... And then Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon and his lady wander into the same cabin, not knowing he went in there. Yeah, and then his lady gets the ham. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are these supposed to be teenagers? I think they must be, like, at least seniors, but I would guess, like, early college. I hope so. (laughs) They all have to at least be, like, 18, because, like, they talk about, like, drinking and going to bars and stuff. And you see Kevin Bacon's butt. Yeah, well, I mean, in real life, he's not a teenager. He's like 23. Yeah, but even if he's pretending, that's just I weird. I know, it's still weird. <laughs> but, but what can you do? <laughs> so we got that booty. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Some, I feel like we watched something else that had a butt shot. Killing Murphy? K- Killing Murphy. Yeah. You that see was a it. lot more. That Murphy, was it. I completely which forgot again, about that. Not against, but it but, does happen. But <laughs> but that bacon though. She gets she gets but a little bit of bacon. Though. She gets a little bit of that crispy bacon. <laughs> and then we we pan up to the bunk above them, which they didn't see the body in it. Yeah. But yeah, there's a body in it, and it's pretty creepy. Pretty cool effect, you know. Yeah. And they finish, and he gets up to go, or she gets up to go to the bathroom and yeah. leaves Kevin Bacon there. He lays back, he's rolling his joint because it's the 70s. Yeah. And he's then he gets cool this guy. movie's best kill. Literally, for so many reasons. Yeah. One, Kevin Bacon. Two, arrow through the throat. <laughs> Three, cool effect. Four, the slap noise it made when the hand like slapped yeah. his forehead was so funny. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what would happen. <laughs> I mean, Doesn't make it not funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. But that was a cool effect. Do you have any any practical? I do effects? actually have a lot of fun stuff about it. So the effects in this movie were done by one of the uh, the greats of the horror genre. If you want gore, you always go to Tom Savini, who uh, you would know as an actor. He's mm-hmm. a sex machine in From Desk Till Dawn. He's the dude with the... Uh, the crotch gun. I blocked that movie out of my memory. Ah, that movie's so good. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. Quentin Tarantino writing vampires? That's a great thing. Uh, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's first half was good. He wrote the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> he did. Mm. <laughs> These are facts. I don't know. If you ask me, the second half's a little more Robert Rodriguez, but... It is, but it's but we're so here good. Talking about Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just upset. <laughs> but he's sex machine in that movie because the people who did the effects were his protégés in the 80s. Mm. So they cast him in that. But he acts cool. quite a bit actually. But uh this is um what was his, his name again? Tom Savini. Tom Savini. He's he's amazing. He's who you go to if you want gore. Mm-hmm. Um he was going to get into Tom Savini's backstory for a second here. 
He oh, was uh, actually, um, he fought in the Vietnam War, and Ooh. he was specifically the photographer. Oh, that's cool. So he saw a lot of truly horrific stuff. Not and cool. had to take photos of it. Oh, God. <laughs> and he said the only way that he could deal with it and compartmentalize it so he could just make it through his tour was he would try to figure out how would I do that for like a stage because at the time mm. he was a stage actor no oh, okay. that's what he had like majored in, in college was theater and um, makeup mm. so he actually wanted to be an actor but he fell into effects work which mm. he's fantastic at yeah and so he would compartmentalize it by saying like what if this was fake how would i fake this mm. which is why he's really good and really known for gore he does um most of george romero's movies yeah which all look fantastic yeah. also uh, much more stylized, but still really cool. Yeah. Uh, he, he's great. I think he does good work. Sometimes it's so good. I can't watch it, mm. uh, which is a compliment to him, I suppose. Yeah. But in this movie that kills specifically, almost everything went wrong. <laughs> oh. So when they stab him through the throat, the reason it takes a second was it wasn't going through the latex neck that they had. Cause mm. it's literally just, um, they cut a hole in the bed and Kevin Bacon leaned down behind a fake body mm. from the neck down. It is a, uh, like a mannequin. Yeah. And then they were going to stab through the mannequin. So Tom Savini is the hand holding his head and the hand pushing the arrow. Mm -hmm. And like they couldn't quite get it. And then when they finally got it through, the other guy who was working with Savini was supposed to essentially they had a pump that would push the blood through. Yeah. As he gets it through, and they know they've really only got one shot because this movie's so low budget, it doesn't start pumping. It mm. turns out the hose is disconnected, so he they apparently they just like looked at each other, and the guy shrugged, grabbed it, and just blew into it as hard as he could, <laughs> which is why it does that cool little like spurt. Yeah, because they had to get the blood out somehow because they only had one take, Man. and that's why it looks so good is because everything went wrong. <laughs> That's cool. Which happens so often in movies. Yeah. I, I heard a great description of movies on um, Movies with Mikey. Everybody watches YouTube. It's very good. He said, uh, making a good movie is like dropping a dart from space and getting a bullseye. Because so everything true. always goes wrong. <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> All right, what was in the thing? The effect that gave him the most trouble? When they had to set it on fire and they almost all choked to death on smoke. Yeah. 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 But it looks amazing because <laughs> yeah. they just set it on fire. Yeah. It's like that. Like, well, thank God we got that tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that kill's amazing. It's yeah. one of the most iconic things. I, had you actually, had you seen that one before no. this? Oh, that surprised me because it's like all over anything that talks about horror. The only but. thing that I've seen from this movie is the shot where Jason comes up and grabs her oh, okay. at, at the end. That's the only thing. That's why I also was like, Jason's like the Jason's killer, right? Real skinny in this. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's the only thing. I've the seen. best thing to think about that, though, is do Pamela Voorhees have to hide under that bed the whole time being very quiet? Like when they came in, did she have to go, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, they started. Oh, I'm so mad. Oh, I'm so mad. But I'll wait because it'll be scarier if I wait. <laughs> well, uh, Stick like, to the plan, Pammy. <laughs> <laughs> like I said in the beginning, when she's staring at him from a distance, she's probably just thinking, 
you horny bitches. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so she kills him and then she goes and finds his girlfriend in the bathroom and <laughs> just kills her in probably the most effectively directed sequence mm, in terms yeah. of like actually like building some tension and being kind of scary. It, it works pretty well considering that a lot of the like building of tension in this movie is pretty non-existent. I mean, mm-hmm. by design. Yeah. Um, it is, it is meant more to shock you than scare you, I mm. guess. Like when you yeah. think about that arrow through the throat, there is no build up to it. He just suddenly has an arrow <laughs> through his throat. Yeah. It freaks you out because it came out of nowhere. Yeah. And this scene is actually kind of just well structured. Yeah. The effect of, uh, her having the ax in her face looks pretty cool. Yeah. And like her, like checking behind a thing and then it's like, yeah, oh, it's going to be behind the other thing. Oh, it's not there. And all of a sudden it's behind her. Yeah, she just turns around and wham. And. I don't know why, but I really liked how the axe hit oh, the lamp. That little detail is amazing. And then and it they like just cut back to it swinging. Yeah. I was like, it, that's such a little thing, but it works. Yeah. Cause it's just like such a random thing that is just like a mistake of accidentally hitting that. But the fact that they held on it, they it must was just have like said really like, cool. Oh, you know what? Go back, shoot it again. Just from the angle of it hitting that light. Like, yeah. It, it's it's a great little detail in the best sequence in this movie. But it was also the point in the movie where I was starting to get the uh, the Blair Witch like feeling of <laughs> we're just not, we're not gonna see anything. Yeah, I was just like uh, I guess if you don't know it's a murder mystery, then yeah. Well, like the whole twist at the end totally made it worth that payoff. But the whole time I was like, are we just gonna get like one shot of Jason at the right. end? Like. Yes, I want to see. Well, yeah, but like, if Jason was the killer, I was gonna be like, I, "Why don't? Why not show him earlier?" Right <laughs> now, I know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine watching this movie in 1980 and being like, "Oh, who's doing it?" Yeah, because that's oh, what I we forgot too. to mention. Also earlier, they killed a snake. That was real. No, I meant to tell you. It wasn't just a wow. Tom Savini's great at puppets. No, yeah. that was just a real snake. It was the eighties. Oh, All of the actors had to feel like come out and been like, "It was. We were dumb. We're so sorry. Like yeah. we should not have done that." It was literally just like somebody found a snake in the cabin and was like, "I mean, I put it in the movie. That'll be funny." Like, yeah, that made me sad because I it, yeah. it looked real. So it's like, yeah, oh. it was a different time. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Animal abuse. Yeah. Don't do that. More than abuse is murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This and movie has exactly one real kill. Yeah. And and uh, they like tortured the poor thing too by freaking yeah. it out and jumping around. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's sorry. I meant to mention that earlier when that scene would have happened chronologically, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's real upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> the most upsetting thing about it. yeah i mean really <laughs> forget all these kids yeah. getting murdered uh, a good boy snake got killed <laughs> good snake dog is fine though the dog is fine the dog then ran off to alaska and antarctica or <laughs> <laughs> he became the oh, best man, boy. it is the right kind of dog <laughs> back to where we were in the movie though yeah uh, and then we cut to uh them all playing strip monopoly <laughs> yeah and it's kind of fun, kind of funny. They're all just chit-chatting. Uh, Alice is fucking owning because she has not lost one article of clothing and the other two are in their underpants. And I've noticed the theme of uh, really liking to go get beers while they're waiting for the killer to come get them. 
because the same thing in Halloween when yeah. uh, Bob went down to go get beers. That's true. But so I mean, like, what do you what do you do? You're just hanging out like, oh, I'm just going to grab another drink. I'll be right back. Yeah, no, but it's just like beer specifically <laughs> for like beer's cheap. Like, <laughs> true. I can tell you somebody who used to drink beer a lot <laughs> still do. It's cheap. That's why I drink it. <laughs> Whiskey pricey. PBR. Two dollars each. <laughs> I saw one movie where they're like, hey, can you go get me some soda pop? <laughs> can you go get me like a vodka lime spritzer? It's going to take you a while, but I'd really like one. <laughs> <laughs> Please, let's make a horror movie after we've got like 100 episodes of research. <laughs> and start coming up with all these scenes that we need to put in. I cannot wait for you to watch Scream, man. <laughs> well, that's coming up. I know. Um, but yeah, and then they're like, what's going on? Or no, oh, yeah, um, the 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 girl other who girl. got assaulted earlier. Uh, she's like, oh well, you know, I forgot the it's raining. I forgot to close the windows in my cabin. I'm gonna go do that, and then I'm gonna go take a shower. I'll like catch up with you guys later. So she goes to the shower room, and it's spooky. But unlike everyone else in every horror movie, she's like, man, it's creepy in here. I'm out, and just leaves. <laughs> yeah, and then gets killed still. Yeah. She goes back to the art. She has to pass by the archery range off screen, but presumably that's how she gets killed. That that was another um, part where I was like, when she goes by and all the lights are on her, I was just like, man, is Jason like smart too? Like, <laughs> is, is he messing with people? Is he messing with? I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time I was just, wow, Jason's pretty good. <laughs> no, but his mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. She used to work at the camp. You're like that's that's kind of a brilliant little piece of it is that none of them have ever been to the camp before, and she has. Yeah. And so she actually knows her way around. That's how she gets one up on them. And she has experience killing a bunch of people there. Only two. Oh, well, wasn't there more? No, she only kills those two in the opening. That's how she gets them to close the uh, camp. Well, because then they try to reopen it, and she yeah, she burned it down. Oh, so she didn't. That's why everything's kind of like beat up and decrepit because she set a couple of the buildings on fire. Uh, That's why they're having to like really renovate it. So really, this movie should be subtitled Mama's Last Straw. Yeah. Because this was the time that she just killed everybody (laughs) instead of burning it down. Yeah. I'd watch that prequel. (laughs) (laughs) So then we come back to uh, guy number three who's not Kevin Bacon Mm -hmm. and uh, Alice, our final girl. And they start figuring out, like, the lights are on. This is all getting so weird. And they kind of start investigating. And then we caught back to Bobby Shorts, who had gone up town to get some dinner. And he's on his way out. Sadly, not in shorts. He should have stayed in that outfit the whole movie. Even though it's raining, Bobby Shorts needs I mean, his shorts. In those shorts and that mustache, that's just a recipe for a sexy. <laughs> Lots of posing in the rain. When his car breaks down, he can hitchhike. Like, he, ooh. <laughs> when he breaks, when his car breaks down, he's just like, no, and like falls backwards onto the falls hood. over the hood. He just starts white snaking it. Like. <laughs> his car when does we, break down. Though. When we make our mo- horror movie. Bobby Shorts is going to have all he's these He's the scenes. main character. Yes. <laughs> and it just cuts he, back. He's our final girl. <laughs> yes. yes. So it's about him and then it cuts back occasionally to like some teenagers going, 
I'll have a uh, vodka tonic for me. <laughs> yeah, the perfect horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's just a killer really confused. Like, <laughs> I don't, what? <laughs> I mean, I tried to kill him, but when I came back with beer, they knew I wasn't their friend. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I said a vodka tonic. Why'd you bring back beer? Now get back out there. I, uh, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> just I'll, a- I'll, I put on a ghost sheet. Uh, right, I'll be back. Isn't, isn't that weird? Uh, shouldn't you be like coming closer and questioning me? Uh, Not until you get my vodka tonic, <laughs> motherfucker. Can we go make a horror movie now? <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, and then they go try to call someone. Oh uh, yeah, they try to f- call someone, but the camera pans to outside, and we see the phone's lines have been cut. Another part where I was like, "Jason's smart, dude. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing." We cut back to Bobby Shorts. Bobby Shorts. He's hit, having to get a ride from the cops because he uh, his car broke down. Yes. So he gets dropped off, and he's wandering into the camp, and he says, "Like, oh hey, I didn't know you still lived around here. Like, why are you doing out in the star?" And he gets killed. <laughs> Which, also, again. Thought it was just a big dude in a hockey mask he was talking to, so I was like, that's weird. (laughs) But if that had been Jason, kind of would have made sense. He knows them, they're neighbors. (laughs) But Jason would have died as a child. Oh, I just said if it was Jason. I I don't know, man. This movie doesn't make sense. (laughs) Uh, He showed up, he had a vodka tonic, and he was like, no, it's fine, I can totally kill you. (laughs) Hey, Bobby Shorts. (laughs) You want to go get him some vodka tonic? Oh, hey, Jace, what's up? And he's posing like every line, like, how are you? He's voguing. (laughs) God, we need to make horror. Yeah, it's going to be the perfect movie. (laughs) And then he dies, sadly, R.I.P. Bobby Shorts. Yeah, because he was a pretty likable character. This movie does a decent job of like, oh, I don't hate any of these people. I don't love a Salter guy. Yeah, but even I, him, I'm like, I hey, didn't need to die. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just because we're in a future we're in time. 2019. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then because back to Final Girl and Third Boy. Yes. <laughs> and I want to say his name is Bill, but I'm probably wrong. <gasps> yeah, is it? Is it Bill? Because when she was running around, she's going Bill, 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 oh, Bill, yeah. Bill, <laughs> Bill, not a science guy. <laughs> So he kind of goes off and he says like, hey, you know, just stay here, like just rest. I'll go see if I can find another phone somewhere in the camp. So she kind of dozes off and he goes wandering the camp and doesn't come back. So she starts making herself some coffee and she realizes how long he's been gone after she wakes up. And also she dumps way too much sugar in that coffee. Not if you don't like coffee. Looks like the right amount to me. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. <laughs> or she puts like what, like one spoonful in it? Is that a lot? I, I don't drink enough coffee than to know. One spoon- she no, she couple. Did, no, she did one in each. Was there two? Yeah. Oh. There was going to be one for him and one for her. I thought she just had like a pot she was putting in. I don't know. Why don't she have cups with the instant coffee that you said looked like garbage? Uh, still garbage, whatever. <laughs> then she, That's fair, probably. I then, don't know. Then she just was like, oh, I'm going to leave this here and go look for Bill, 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 Bill. Bill Nye, the murdered camper. <laughs> Bill Nye, the stabbed to the door guy. <laughs> that, yeah, she finds him, unfortunately. 
He's pinned to the door with arrows. I think the gruesome, gruesomest looking yeah, body. Yeah, it's bloody. It's brutal. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's effective. Um, yeah. Tom Savini, again, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and that, because I was expecting the final girl and like the survivors to find the dead bodies in order of which they died, but it was yeah. like all over the place. Yeah. Like, she took the time to really set those up. Yeah. And then, good for her. <laughs> And then the other girl that died just gets tossed through the window and some rope and stuff. Yeah, I never quite have understood that death. Yeah. Like, I thought she got, I assumed she got shot with arrows. Yeah, I thought that was They make a sound about it and everything, but she's just kind of some rope. S&M'd up. Yeah. (laughs) Which, again, another thing which I was like, Jason is setting all these bodies up like, to be like it, found perfectly, he does actually do that in the sequels. Oh my so, god! But so does Michael. So you know, yeah. But Michael is truly evil, and Jason isn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is a little sympathetic. He's a good boy, Jason. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Somebody let him drown. Yeah. His mom got murdered. That's true. And that's the one thing that kind of sets this whole franchise apart. Is in the back of your head, you're like, but I mean, he is. In any other horror movie, he's like the victim. Well, we've been thinking that about every single yeah. killer so far. <laughs> what does that again? What does that say about me? That I'm like, no, Zach, have some sympathy for the psycho killer. <laughs> I di- I I didn't feel sympathy for Mama Voorhees. No. Yeah, not yeah, really. That's fair. At this point, she yeah. shows up. Let's yeah. just. You know, she tries to barricade herself in, and then a car pulls up, and she's like, "Well, that can't be them for some reason." Uh, and she goes outside and she's like, help, help, help. And it's just this nice old woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. I live up the street. I know the Christie's. I was coming to see how you guys were doing in the storm. Boom, boom. I'm Mrs. Voorhees. Yep. (laughs) And that moment I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Love, love, love my mom, mom, mom. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then Betsy Palmer turns it up to 11. Yeah. I love her performance in this movie. She knows exactly what movie she's in because she didn't want to be in it. <laughs> she was a relatively well-established like character actress in like the 50s. And at this point, she kind of had like guest spots and occasionally like lead roles as like the mom on like TV shows, mm. which is why it was kind of brilliant of them to be like, oh, we should cast try to cast her. Because mm. she shows up If you know her from TV You're like Oh that's you know Timmy's mom from such and such She's cool mm. That's neat that they got her To come play Kind of the same character It seems like And then she just goes nuts <laughs> Yeah Which um, See our discussion about Mental illness from the last episode mm-hmm. It's not great But it's effective Well did they <laughs> She didn't have any features of I mean she's supposed to be Quote unquote crazy Which isn't a medical term It's a legal term yeah. But still well, it is. You should be afraid of anyone who's trever- suffered a traumatic event and uh, is having trouble dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's having a little more trouble than most people. But <laughs> she's holding a grudge a little bit. Yeah, just a bit. Because <laughs> I, I guess that's what I took this more as of like someone harboring anger. Well, I think all the she talks to herself as her son and stuff oh, at the time yeah, it would have been like right around the time of uh what's that movie sybil with all the split personalities and things mm. you know before we really understood things like did yeah and yeah it's not 
great, but it works in this movie because it and also this movie's so camp at, at this point because yeah. she comes in and it just goes for back of lack of a better word, crazy. Yeah. Um and yeah, it works. She's fantastic in it. She didn't want to do the movie. She passed on it when they gave her the script because she's like, This is hot garbage. <laughs> I don't care if they want to pay me. I I'm good. Yeah. And then her car broke down. She needs to like, pay for Shit, it. I need to get a new car. <laughs> Yeah, tell them I'll do their movie. It's fine. That's that's the only reason she did this. And even like kind of phone it, phoning it in for her, she gives this performance, which is amazing. I guess her phoning it in played very well for the type right. of movie. Well, it was. phoning it in, she still like wrote a whole backstory for her character and uh. like tried to really connect to her. She talks about like, oh, you know, I found this class ring, and I was like, oh, well, you know, I grew up in the fifties, and the fifties your boyfriend gives you your class ring. So my idea was that her boyfriend gave her the class ring. They had sex. She got pregnant. He bailed her whole family and her friends disowned her because of it. And then when she, her kid grows up enough to go to camp, her kid drowns because of sex. So literally everything in her mind is this thing is bad. It ruins lives. I'm going to end it. Holy shit. Now I feel bad for her. Right. (laughs) Well, because you always have to be the hero in your mind, even if you're yeah. playing the bad guy. Like, to her, she's defending her son. She's that's just some, a good mom. That's some layers right there. Yeah. And this was her being like, I don't really want to do this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum effort, I guess. Yeah. Matt, <laughs> I'm not even in my final form. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but she's great in this movie. Yeah, she shows up. Like I said, she's she's the Loomis of this movie. Uh, She turns it up to 11 and it never goes back down. Yep. And then her and final girl tussle around for a while. It is really fun to watch two people who clearly know how to do like stage fighting and fighting for the camera. But one of them is almost 70. That's, so they can't really do it. It's kind of amazing. Well, that's that's one thing that I was thinking the whole time was, oh, it's that's cool. Like, it's not some giant killer man chasing after right. a girl. It's like an older woman and a girl fighting. So yeah. it's like they're kind of on equal grounds. Right. So it's a fairer fight than a giant like that monster is true guy. but it is fun watching the actress playing alice clearly not wanting to hurt <laughs> betsy palmer like no she's 70 yeah <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, and like i told you while we we're watching it's my favorite thing in the world when in older movies especially when someone falls over they just go uh uh like oh, they hesitate the for she's great second. at it she does it like it's five so times good. it's so good uh, and then they manage to, she thinks she gets her and she gets to the beach and thinks she's safe. But then Mama Voorhees comes back up. Killer always comes back for one last scare, man. Yeah. And then they tussle around and then the best slow motion. She finds the machete they killed the snake with. Yeah. And then chops her head off <laughs> in slow motion. In another amazing effect. Yeah. I love how. I love how the head just kind of went doink. They did it a couple different times because it's not a super, I mean, it was probably very hard to do, but it's not super elaborate. Like the setup of it doesn't take that long Mm. because it's just a fake head on Tom Savini's shoulders. Like he literally Mm. just put his head, put his head down (laughs) and um, like inside the sweater, they put a fake like neck and head on him 
and he was the hands. <laughs> That's amazing. It, but like they would do it and he'd be like, I, it didn't look right. Yeah. It's, we're just not getting what I want. Yeah. Cause Savini's a noted perfectionist. So he says like, I got it. And he, instead of fastening the head on like, right. He just props it up with toothpicks under the fake skin. <laughs> So, because he's like, I wanted it to fly off and spin. So he has somebody else be that, and he becomes the guy holding the machete, so that he can hit it just right in the toothpicks. Because it was just a real machete, not a prop. Just he like, literally just cut through the wood for the toothpicks with a machete. Just, Anything goes wrong, he is murdering his assistant. Just like uh, Texas Chainsaw, real chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. Seventies <laughs> were wild. Yup. <laughs> and then. She just gets in a canoe like, I can't with this shit. <laughs> I'm done. I'm taking a nap. As as uh, Tim said on our, our guest, Tim said on our Halloween episode, I'm too high for this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> just gets in a canoe and want, floats out into the water. So on, on the board, also on our future horror movie, everybody's too high for this shit the whole time. <laughs> a lot of them are, man. Yeah. Because think back to the street Monopoly. They were smoking weed that whole time. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody's dead. She finally has a moment to rest. She wakes up in the morning and the cops are there. And finally, Jason shows up. Dun, dun. <laughs> he comes come up out the water yeah, like a baby dolphin. Jason. He's glistening. Yeah. He's glistening. And that was only in there because um, Tom Savini had just seen Carrie in theaters, which also ends on a big jump scare. He was well, like, oh, we should... I still have the Jason makeup that we put on the kid when he pretended to drown. Get that kid back here. We'll put it on him. He'll jump out of the water. Yeah. And like I said, this is the only shot that I've seen of it. So I, I saw it coming. But then it cuts to her waking up and that made me go. Yeah. What? <laughs> it was all a dream. Well, the, the, the boat part, at least. <laughs> Which I thought was weird that she wakes up. And she's concerned about that, not saying, oh, this older lady just killed all my friends. Well, she says, like, are they all dead? What happened? And he says, like, yeah, they're all gone. And then she asks about the boy. Yeah, but she didn't bring up uh, Mama Voorhees at all. She she just. We kept... also don't know how long she's been in the hospital. True. <laughs> and then just as good as an ending as Texas Chainsaw. So he's still out, out there. there. And then a crossfade. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> so good. 70s were wild, man. Or I guess 1980 was wild. <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. Yep. So you want to get into the making of this movie? You want to learn some stuff? Yeah. All right. So Sean S. Cunningham is the producer and director of Friday the 13th. Uh, he also helped with the plot. I think he has like a story by credit as well. But he did not write it. Mm. He uh, had that duty go out to someone else um originally he literally just called up the gentleman he hired to write it and said hey man halloween just made money do you want to rip it off those were his exact words because a few years prior he had produced for his good friend wes craven wes craven's first movie the last house on the left which is a hyper violent proto slasher exploitation film so I'm sure he was like, we did that f like five years ago, and now this Carpenter kid is making all this money. Fuck that. I'm making one. <laughs> Shit. But Last House on the Left is really hard to watch. I have watched it a total of one time, <laughs> and I don't know if we'll ever watch it again for this podcast because it's really upsetting, and I don't Ooh. think I can watch it twice. Ooh. It is a well-made movie, 
that has a lot on its mind, but it is it is a true exploitation film. E. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So far we haven't watched any like really bad stuff. If Texas Chainsaw is like Grindhouse through the filter of Art House, last last house is just Grindhouse. It is mm. fully like it, it's a rape revenge film. Like e. so it it is upsetting. It is meant yeah. to be. But so he produced that. So I'm sure he was just like, we tried to do that all those years ago. I'm just going to do it now. But he says, like, this time I'm specifically going to make it fun to watch. <laughs> it, he compared it to um, a roller coaster for Friday the 13th. Mm. So his writer comes back with a script. The only things that Cunningham gave him were let's set it at a camp to distinguish ourselves from Halloween, which is set in the suburbs. And I want to have a twist ending. I want it to be a murder mystery at a camp with a twist ending. And he comes back with a script for a movie called A Long Night at Camp Blood. And Cunningham says, yeah, no, we're changing that. <laughs> and uh, before they've even begun production on the movie, he puts out an ad for a movie called Friday the 13th, A New Dimension Terror. Just to see if anyone would call him and say, hey, we own the copyright to the term Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. And no one did. So he changed the title <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> and then they, they go make this movie <laughs> and it's nuts he casts all these theater kids that he kind of knows and this for him was kind of the last straw he's about 40 at this point mm. he hasn't had a hit he's just stuck making like small exploitation films yeah. he wants to break out into the mainstream and he finally does it's kind of cool yeah um and he never directs anything else that anyone cares about i'm not knocking him he just doesn't kind of like uh it's like the Blair Witch guys yeah like he keeps working but no one asks him about you know the weird like sci-fi horror movie he made with Bruce Campbell in the 90s like <laughs> no one talks about that I didn't know that was a thing until I looked at his Wikipedia <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing until you said it right now can't even remember the name of it <laughs> I should say if you want to know more about the making of this there's a fantastic eight-hour documentary on uh the whole franchise called crystal lake memories that's where i've pulled a lot of my information from just to credit my source did you watch all eight hours oh yeah it's great i've watched it twice now. <laughs> i mean i watch it over like three days i don't watch it all at once marathon let's watch it twice <laughs> back to back it is almost as long as the friday the 13th franchise itself <laughs> pretty much yeah and then he manages to get it picked up by paramount to distribute it and it is the first of the slasher movies to be distributed by a major studio so he spends like five hundred thousand dollars on this movie like he raises the money himself he sells it to paramount for about a million i believe mm -hmm. so he recoups his loss but he keeps a, a little bit of credit with it so he got a pretty good chunk of the like 60 million this movie wound up making this movie was a huge hit yeah which is why it spawned a bunch of sequels and also why they weirdly went to jason because mrs Voorhees was definitively dead jason was still out there yeah and actress didn't want to keep doing more I'm sure. pretty famously yeah betsy palmer <laughs> she comes back for two for like one scene mm. but multiple times they try to get her to come back she's always like no fuck you <laughs> stop it <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> like i think she didn't even really do horror conventions mm. like everybody else from these is like i don't know it's 
50 bucks is 50 bucks i'll go they gave me a free table i charged for pictures and she was like no this <laughs> i didn't know this movie was going to be a cultural phenomenon <laughs> i just wanted a car it's sort of like alec guinness who played obi-wan kenobi how he was like mm. i don't know george lucas offered me some money i got nominated for oscars now i'm just obi-wan kenobi <laughs> <laughs> very true man old hollywood types yeah they're wild but that does kind of suck that like she's like i was in like hit movies <laughs> and now i am forever just oh you were in friday the 13th right yeah the sequels are better <laughs> you know like i'm sure multiple people have said that had said yeah. that to her before she passed away that oh. kind of sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> But at the same time, it's like, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, I'm sure she was like, yeah, I know, that movie was garbage. Cool. <laughs> Have a nice day, dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, so is 500000 this movie has made? About 500000 yeah. That's more than... It's more than Halloween, but this movie, the big thing that Cunningham said was, and why he specifically hired Savini fresh off of uh, Dawn of the Dead, was Halloween does everything but show you the violent things that are happening. Mm. That's the one thing we can do that they couldn't. Yeah. We'll show it because I actually have connections to raise money for a movie because I've produced five or six at this point. Oh, uh, was this like the beginning of that type of horror movie? It's kind of where like the exploitation really melds and with the slasher. Mm. Yeah. Cause um, Texas Chainsaw, I was expecting more of like this. You're expecting more gore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's because, as I said on the episode, they're trying to get like a PG. Yeah. Because there was no PG 13 at the time. They still wind up with an R. But Cunningham just knows, like, from the start, like, nah, screw it. We'll just be as violent as we can be. Yeah. Which gets him into some trouble. Hmm. Let's get into the reviews. Hey. No one liked this movie. reviews and like public the public loved it the public went nuts Uh, for it it was a huge hit yeah um it was the third highest grossing film that year for paramount which is why they were like yeah we're keeping this probably (laughs) turn out a sequel cunningham the critics like tore it to shreds and i i assume probably some of the viewers did too the people who went in thinking like oh this is the next halloween because that's kind of how it marketed itself Mm. is like oh if you like you'll like you know yeah so then they show up and it's this movie the same way like people talk about night of the living dead they marketed it as like oh it's like a funny creature feature and then you got there and it includes a scene where a child murders her parents you know? <laughs> yeah but so the, the critics just tore it apart um pretty much everybody hated it said like it's uh it's halloween without the class um it is poorly paced it is shock for shock's sake they waste Betsy Palmer on a thankless role that she's not good in. She's so over the top, which is the only thing about that role that functions. Um, like, we, thanks, we hate it. Um, the most damning uh, review comes not from Roger Ebert this time, who did not like the movie, but from his uh, co-host of Siskel and Ebert, Gene Siskel, who hated this movie so much that he intentionally spoiled the twist saying there now you don't have to go see it because you shouldn't (laughs) and at the end um lists the name and the uh like office like like the p.o box of one of the producers and says you know where to send your mail (laughs) and then says and betsy palmer lives in such and such city 
feel free to send her city some mail too. I'm sure it'll find its way to her. <laughs> Jeez, dude. And it was, yeah, he doxed two people because he didn't like their movie. The two people who didn't, who aren't like responsible for the movie. Like Betsy Palmer didn't want to be in it. Right. Like that's what gets me is like, I mean, come on, man. I, I was expecting you to say that he said, send her condolences for being in the movie or something. No, he said, like, tell her you didn't like that she was in this movie, that, like, she shouldn't have done Jeez. it because she's a better actress than this. Like, he kind of, like, backhandedly compliments her. And a lot of people try to portray it as, like, he gave out these people address, these people's addresses. He didn't really. Um. He gave out one dude's, like, business P.O. box and said she lives near such and such a city. But it's still not cool. Yeah, it's still a dick I mean, move. great critic, but that's such a dick move. <laughs> uh i i do kind of agree with the one saying the stuff comparing it to halloween oh yeah because especially as a ripoff of halloween yeah the whole time we were watching this i was like i'm enjoying it but it's missing all the things that i love about halloween yeah like the score the whole time Oh, i love the score for this movie though to me it was like it's a john williams ripoff but it did to me it didn't really fit just because i'm used to that music in like indiana jones and like yeah well they're all... trying to make it sound like psycho which is what john's williams rips off i haven't so. seen psycho yet so it's got a good score um, <laughs> but yeah the whole time i was just sitting there thinking man i want some like spooky sense yeah john carpenter when you get like (laughs) hints of it like clearly somebody said like you gotta do something like weird and synthy because there's some like synthy piano and the yeah kind of like gets towards that and then it just goes back to doing psycho now the with like some synth over it would be dope (laughs) (laughs) that would be so dope yeah i'd listen to that (sighs) Oh, did they do that in any sequels? No. Harry Manfredini actually scores almost all of the movies, mm-hmm. which is kind of impressive that he yeah. like just stays with the franchise. Yeah. I mean, this like the scores, he, he's the only person. Yeah. The scores were good. It's just like it's weird to hear it with this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I get what you're saying. Because it sounds like Jaws, but yeah, yeah, it's not Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but everybody's also ripping off Jaws at this point, too. Yeah. Even Halloween is kind of Jaws, but with a person. <laughs> Like the way the way it's paced and structured, it's Jaws, but with a dude in a white mask. It's a land shark. <laughs> As you realize, Jason pops up out of the water at the end. It is Jaws. <sighs> land shark. Oh, land shark. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been in the water this whole time, so I guess it's just human shark. Yeah, I guess that's, that's fair. <laughs> Damn it, Zach. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't hate this movie as much as the critics do, but I don't love it the way some people do. Yeah. That's... I think it's a perfectly fine slasher movie. It's got some like good bits. I like most of the characters. I think Betsy Palmer is great. Yeah. But overall, it's like a like a B minus C plus. It's like perfectly fine. Yeah. I the whole time watching it, I was thinking man, when is the Halloween stuff going to come in? Right. But also, no, it's not the Blair Witch. I, I don't <laughs> think Sean Cunningham is, I, I feel like I'm just going to sound like I'm talking shit. I don't think he's a very good director. Mm. I think he's serviceable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because, like, the problem isn't the actors. The problem isn't the script, really. The pacing is weird. Yeah, the pacing is weird. He's got one effective sequence in him, and it's the, the sequence in the yeah. showers. Other than that, it's relying so much on, oh, I didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah. And that's it. That's the only trick he really has up his sleeve, I, I is think, to be shocking. I think that's what it is, because Halloween was such good filmmaking. Yeah. And it was paced so well. Well, John Carpenter's a really good director. Yeah. And then this is just all over the place. Yeah. It's why I think um, a couple of the sequels are like actually like really good. I actually mm. think um, 2 is pretty awesome. Um which is directed by uh, one of the producers of this movie, Steve Miner, mm. or not producer. He's a production uh, manager, mm. um, which I saw in the credits for the first time. I was like, oh, is that what he did on this? <laughs> <laughs> I must have zoned out during that eight hours in the documentary. <laughs> I mean, six hours in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a better director part six is my favorite it's really well directed and paced and has like a real handle on tone hmm. most people lean on part four which is structured almost like an action movie in a lot of ways hmm. so it just never stops moving and it's hmm. awesome and this one is just kind of fine yeah you know i feel like a lot of people are gonna be mad because it's like, oh it's one of the legends of the horror industry and it's like yeah. i respect this movie more than i like it Mm. you know yeah this is the only one so far that i felt i want to watch the sequels just to see jason because yeah. he's the thing that everybody talks about right. not well, he's he's much more effective there's no mystery element like i like that, that there's a mystery to yeah. this but like once you kind of get that out of the way you can just do whatever you want with yeah it. and it becomes better for it yeah because the way michael myers and leatherface were when we watched those i was like well, they just I show get, up fully formed yeah and while we watched it i was like i get it now i get why people like love these things yeah. and this whole time i was waiting for jason to pop up and me have that moment of oh i get well, it and, now and jason shows up fully formed and that's yeah. what makes that the sequels all work yeah um this movie is actually structured almost closer to um, a Giallo movie, which is like um, these early like Italian mystery horror films. Mm. Uh, Giallo literally means yellow. It gets its name from the pulp like uh, like books they were printed in, which had yellow spines. So, but they are kind of not that concerned with um, plot and more concerned with set pieces and having a big twist at the end. Uh. Um a lot of this movie actually visually almost looks like it's shot that way. Yeah. And Cunningham finally had to admit a couple of years ago, he was like, yeah, so maybe I saw a bunch of those before they got popular <laughs> in America. And maybe I just kind of did that. <laughs> Man. Which makes it make more sense when you're like, oh, it's not concerned with pacing or structure. It just sort of all happens. <laughs> But they're all like doing it like master painters who are good yeah. at that kind of thing. And Cunningham is like, I don't know. I made a sexploitation movie once. Well, I can make a horror movie. Sure. It's like we said, you got to learn the rules before you break them. Exactly. So and instead, he's just going, oh, that looked really cool when that movie. I liked yeah. So it. you can show that, you know, the rules before. And then break them so it doesn't yeah. look like you don't know what you're doing. Before you can have them get a martini, they have to ask for a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm sorry, a vodka spritzer. Vodka tonic. Vodka tonic. <laughs> Whatever. A sea breeze. <laughs> sea breeze. Uh, yeah. The more you talk about 
the director are more like eh, he's like the anti John I mean, Carpenter, like kind of a cool dude. But yeah, he's the anti Carpenter. Like he discovered a lot of really interesting people. Like he's clearly surrounded himself with some talented guys. I mean, Kevin Bacon. Well, yeah, I mean, he knew all those guys because he like at one point he was on like the board for like the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Mm. Like that's his background. Yeah. So like he really just got into movies. He's like, oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Which is like, but what do you if Halloween kind of has some stuff on its mind and almost has something to say, Friday the 13th just exists. John Carpenter's yeah. still the best. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, he's just the coolest dude ever. Um, now, the other interesting thing about this franchise at this point is how tangled up the rights are. Mm, yeah, um, I, I only know about the video game. Stuff. Yeah, that has uh, delayed any new content for the video game. I know that like they had designed a bunch more like downloadable skins that now they can't use because they yeah. don't know if they can put anything else on the game because so New Line Cinema buys the rights to Jason Voorhees and gets back Sean S. Cunningham as a direct as a, a producer in like the 90s and they start doing new stuff with it. And so they seem to firmly own the rights. But then. There's some weird stuff with Paramount. It's like, no, no, we sold you the rights to Jason Voorhees. Not Friday the 13th. Yeah, and if, if you actually look at all of the New Line and Warner Brothers um, Jason movies, they're all Jason something. It's um, Freddy versus Jason. Jason goes to hell. Jason yeah. X. Um, and actually, in the Friday the 13th reboot was co-produced with Paramount. Mm. So they wind up with some of the rights that so makes it real like tough to make another one so they got a spider-man situation yes <laughs> and then just last year okay i need to look up his name again because it escapes me the gentleman who wrote this uh victor miller hmm. um essentially says um i was not work for hire technically like in the way that like it's what they do to comic book artists all the time or writers you know you don't get to own the rights to these characters because you're work for hire he says it was nowhere in my paperwork, actually, like looking at it now with my lawyer conveniently, that I was work for hire. And I actually came up with the whole plot of this movie. Huh. So he sued and won. Oh, so he this doesn't own the first Friday. The yes. Okay. So he actually owns. Um, he can use in a movie Jason Voorhees, but not a tall masked hockey player, just a kid named Jason who lives in a lake. Mm. Uh, he has the rights to the name Voorhees. Camp Crystal Lake is his. Uh, a bunch of the stuff that winds up becoming reappropriated iconography that's used differently in all the movies, mm. he now owns and they can't use in other ways, <laughs> which just further complicates like who gets to make a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, at that point, he's just like, just hand it over. Like, Well, I mean, the easiest thing is he's not going to go make one. He's just waiting for them to be like, look, we'll give you a producing credit and we'll give you 10% a 10% cut. Yeah. You know, cause that movie will make money. Yeah. So just give it to him and then go make it and call it Jason something. If you don't want to have to deal with, um, Paramount Yeah, or just settle it and co-produce again. Yeah. Cause I want another Friday the 13th movie. They need to get to number 13. <laughs> yeah. And supposedly Jason Bloom's pitch is it's off season at camp crystal Lake. So it can take place during the winter in the snow. Which sounds amazing. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> just imagine him just like popping out of snow or something. Yeah. It sounds freaking awesome. Yeah. Oh. I'm just thinking too also. How like 
they did the whole Freddy versus Jason thing. Mm-hmm. I want like an MCU for like horror. They keep threatening to do it because the follow up to that, but they couldn't again figure out the rights because it's complicated. Was supposed to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Oh, and Ash from Evil Dead is trying to hunt them. That would be so cool. Or um, then there was talk of like Freddy versus Jason versus Pinhead from Hellraiser. Wasn't that the Leatherface thrown in there? I think Leatherface got thrown around at one point because at various points, I. Different people have owned the rights to that also. And yeah. I think at one point it was at New Line. Mm. But Freddy versus Jason was always their main focus. Like, let's do that one first and then we'll go from there. And they've yeah. never gotten to go through from there. Man, that'd be cool though. Cause I got really excited about the Dark Universe thing, but then the mummy sucked. But they're still kind of doing that. Like, his name comes up again Jason Bloom, who is contractually obligated to produce all horror movies now, apparently, because Get Out was so good. Oh, he, did. Uh, get out. he did get out he did like the purge mm-hmm. um uh insidious is his so like all the modern ones yeah a lot of the, like the big modern horror movies or horror adjacent franchises yeah yes. he's um now they're just going to give him because he tends to work on smaller budgets you mm-hmm. know like get out and us both had budgets under like five million dollars mm-hmm. which is why they're such big money makers so He's worked with Universal a lot. Like mm-hmm. they tend to distribute his movies. So they just said, like, what if we you just set up camp here and we camp. let you do whatever you want with our old characters? Camp. He said camp. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> so he's kind of doing the dark universe, but on like a smaller scale. Mm. Which could be really fun. Yeah. Like I mean, schlocky good monster movies. It kind of needs to be smaller scale because yeah, that was the I, mummy's problem is too well, yeah, They wanted to make a Marvel movie when they should have been making a horror movie. Yeah. And not make Tom Cruise make decisions on the movie. <laughs> yeah, I like Tom Cruise a lot, but he's not a director. So <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. But yeah, um, I'm trying to still find a way to tie this to Tarantino. That's right. As is our goal with everything. Um, mm. I think the violence in this. Oh, wait. Tom Savini is kind of in this movie and Tom Savini's in a bunch of Tarantino movies. Who is Tom Savini? Uh, the makeup effects artist. Oh, he's also yeah, yeah. the hands and the wielder of the machete. That's so he's right. in it. Uh, so right. you go him. He's in From Dust Till Dawn with Tarantino. <laughs> We already connected it. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We already connected it. Yeah. (laughs) I believe he's also in Death Proof. I think he's one of the people in the bar. (laughs) There you go. Tarantino really likes Tom Savini because of gore. So (laughs) Today's been a weird day. (laughs) It has been. (laughs) But, Zach, despite how weird today was, where can people find you? Uh, Zach Shirk on Instagram and anything else that I'm on. <laughs> and Matt, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on just about everything as I draw paintings, and you can always see all. <laughs> you can also find me on Facebook on my artist page, Matt Mears. And Matt, what are you gonna make me watch next? Well, next we're watching another classic slasher. We mentioned him this episode. And he's coming up again. He's going to come up twice more, actually. We're watching Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. It's real good. I'm very excited. I'm I'm excited, too, because 
he'll 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 actually be in it, right? <laughs> yeah, he made this one. It's much better directed. Oh no, Freddy will actually oh. be. <laughs> oh no, it's uh, it's it's Aunt Kruger. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's Aunt Kruger. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. This was fun. Hope you enjoyed listening. And uh, th- thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on uh, Supermoon, right? Supermoon on where you do that. Yeah, thanks for listening. You can find the podcast uh, Supermoon exclamation on YouTube. Hey Supermoon on Twitter and Supermoon Studio on Instagram. And on that note, thank you for listening. Thank you. And we ain't gonna stand for no witness out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot to ask you. Now, if you could be a flavor of ice cream, what would it be? Ooh. I'm trying to think of something funny. <laughs> well, in the movie, Butternut Ripple. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is Butternut Ripple? I've just heard that phrase before. I don't actually know. I think it's got like caramel and nuts in it. Butterscotch, not caramel. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever Bobby Shorts' favorite flavor is. Well, in the movie, the girl said, Rocky Road, you jerk, and then kicked him off the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.